0: No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. We sing our opening hymn, Amazing Grace, number 744. Please be seated. On behalf of the family, I thank you all for joining us here this morning as we remember and as we give thanks for Lauren's life and for the faith that he was given by the Holy Spirit. At this time, I would invite grandson Justin to come forward uh, as he would like to say a few words about his grandpa.
1: Thank you all for being here to celebrate the life of Lauren Alvin Barnes. For anyone that doesn't know me, I'm Justin Cadell, one of Lauren's 11 grandsons. I knew speaking about grandpa would be difficult. Possibly the most difficult part has been trying to summarize the life of such a special person in just a few words. I imagine most people close to him would say they have enough material to write a book. And not just any old book. It would be a very sweet, interesting, and humorous book. From the perspective of his grandchildren, he was a hero. He was funny and thoughtful and he made each of us feel like we were special. He had nicknames for most of us, and it was not uncommon for him to work our names into rhyme or song. He usually called me J.U. Uston. (laughs) Grandpa was a joke teller. As his grandchildren, his jokes would inevitably get us in trouble when when we repeated them at school. Grandpa was a sharp-dressed man. He especially loved 501 Levi's and Pearl Snap shirts. Grandpa liked a clean shave and was not shy about telling his grandsons when we needed to shave. When I would show up with scruff, he usually joked that my razor must be broken again. Of course, he also loved a fresh haircut. I inherited the wave from him but I've not yet figured out how to make it look as good as he did. Grandpa, true to his roots growing up in the Ozark Hills, took us hunting for rabbit, squirrel, mushroom, and deer. He most frequently took us on fishing trips, and Grandpa always made sure we knew how to clean our game. Grandpa was an extremely hard worker. Many days out of the year, even recently, he would work from sun up until sundown or even later. Until recent months, he still did hundreds of push ups and setups each day, and that's no kidding. If the festivity was held at the Ernifest building, he stayed until the end of the night so that he could help clean up. Can't you just see him dancing around with the mop or broom? He not only worked hard to make a life for himself but he also did for others. Through the years, he cared for several of his aging neighbors as if he were their own kin. Grandpa was also quite the gardener. One year, he grew so many pumpkins that we were able to give one to every kid in our school. Talk about being known for having the cool grandpa. Grandpa was a good cook. Most people will tell you that his chocolate fudge homemade rolls, or strawberry shortcake were the best you'll ever have. Grandpa was just an incredibly fun person. He would tell us he had to special order his tractors so they would only play excuse me country and western music. When he had a car full of grandchildren, he'd hide the garage door remote out of sight. As we pulled up the driveway, we had to shout the magic word to get the garage door open. I don't, do you guys remember it? Open Sesame. (laughs) Really clever. I actually figured that one out as I got a little bit older, and then I got to help Grandpa with the trick so that my younger sisters could enjoy this magical phenomenon. When I was eight or nine, Grandpa took me on a fishing trip at Table Rock. After a long day, we stopped at the gas station for a soda. As I climbed out of his truck, I bumped the lock button, but Grandpa had left the truck running so the A.C. could cool it down. As soon as we came back out to the truck and realized what happened, I felt horrible. Grandpa stayed completely cool about it, even laughing a bit. He pondered what to do only for a few seconds before grabbing a hitch pin off the back of the truck and busting out the vent glass. We hopped back in the truck and off we went. Grandpa comforted me and said it was no big deal. Grandpa, thanks for teaching us so much about, Thanks for teaching us so much about life. <clears throat> about hard work and about doing for those who can't do for themselves. And possibly the most important of all, teaching us that in life, we don't always have to take things so seriously that sometimes the most important thing to do is laugh and have fun. I invite you all today to share your favorite Lauren stories. If you get a chance, I'd enjoy hearing them. Grandpa, thanks for being such a darn good grandpa.
0: Justin, well done. I now invite Pastor Ken Lampy to come forward uh, as a friend of the family to speak on their behalf.
2: Justin, I would say what Pastor, Schle- Pastor Jake just said. You did a great job of summarizing. In a few minutes, a wonderful man. When I went to see Lauren Wednesday not knowing that they had said he only had three to five days left. As I left, I thought about passages in scripture that to me just really maybe would have expressed what he would have said to all of us if he could have spoken on Wednesday. It's from Philippians chapter 1. Paul writes, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this means fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. As you mentioned, Justin, all of us knew what a hard worker he was. And whether it was getting up in the middle of the night to check on his cows when they were calving, or whether it was getting those round bales off of the field just as quickly as he could, he kept working to get it all done. It didn't matter whether he was cooking a big meal at the Ernafest, or whether he was helping a neighbor, Lorne was working. And to me, if God had given him good health, Lorne would can be working today. That just was a part of who he was and what he enjoyed, and just really set an example for all of us. But as his health continued to deteriorate, that was no longer possible for Lorne. And he knew, as the Apostle Paul did, that the Lord had also prepared a place for him, And he knew that he was going to be with Christ. And so when he got to the end, if he could have spoken to us, it felt like Lauren would have said, my desire now is to depart and be with Christ, because that's far better. It's far better than anything that we could offer him here on this earth. And so on Thursday night, when Lauren took his last breath, it was not a defeat, but a victory for him not the end, but the beginning, the beginning of an eternity of joy and gladness as he is forever in the presence of Christ. May you, his family, continue to find peace and comfort in knowing what a wonderful man he was for you, but now in knowing that he's even in a better place where he's with Christ for all eternity.
0: Please stand. We continue with reading Psalm 23 responsibly as it is found printed in your bulletin. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my with oil, my Surely goodness and love shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Our first reading for this morning comes from Psalm 139. Psalm 139 is also from whence Lauren's confirmation verse comes from, as well, verses 23 and 24. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. This is the word of our Lord. The second reading is from Romans chapter 8. The Apostle Paul writes this. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from a love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel this morning is from Mark, the 10th chapter. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant, and he said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated.
3: Consider all the works my hand has made. I see the stars. Sent him to die, I scarce can take it in That on the cross my burden gladly bearing He bled and died to take away my sin Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee.
0: all pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning, from God our Father, and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And so to Thelma and dear family and friends of Lauren. Lorne is a man who in his earthly life loved being outside, from farming, to fishing, to hunting, to spending time with his family, all the while he wore his Levi's, which from what I'm told he was never seen without. Lorne loved his family, and his wife, and his children, and his grandkids, all of whom he cherished very, very dearly. These last few days, I've heard him been described as a wonderful man, one who is hardworking and loving and filled with care for those that he loved. And apparently, too, the guy could cut a rug like nobody's business, from what I hear. But... If Lauren brought his resume of his adoration as a husband and a father and a grandfather, and he showed it to God as his passage into heaven, he would be denied entry. You see, even the best husbands and fathers and grandfathers, brothers, they don't always get into heaven. Only those who are clean inside and out are allowed to stand in the presence of God. And Lauren's resume, as wonderful as he is remembered by those who knew him and loved him, it would not be enough. You see, Lauren needed something more. He needed something that came from outside of himself. And so on December the 29th, 1974, Lauren Alvin Barnes was baptized into Christ. Baptized, as Paul says, into the death and into the resurrection of Jesus. He was baptized into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And to be baptized into this name is to be baptized as if you were baptized by God himself. And God, through his Holy Spirit, came to Lauren and made his dwelling place within his heart. Not by Lauren's invitation. Not because Lauren asked him to. But because of God's love for him. Because he is a child of God. Present tense. He is a child of God. Because God loved him first. And on that same day that Lauren was baptized, he was also confirmed in his faith. He spoke for himself the words of his faith, that he believed in God the Father Almighty, that he believed in Jesus Christ, his only Son, and that he believed in the Holy Spirit. And it is this faith, it is this faith that is the reason for why Lauren, at this very moment, is standing in the presence of God and looking him face to face. In the presence of the one who knows him the best, who knows him intimately. This intimate God is the one that David writes of in Psalm 139, where Lauren took his confirmation verses from. How beautiful that this psalm is because of how personal that David makes it. Because it talks of a personal God, of a God that knows him so intimately that he knows him literally inside and out. Listen to a few of these verses that precede verses 23 and 24 of this psalm. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar before a word is on my tongue. You know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in. my unformed body. All the days for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And then David gets to Lauren's verses. He says in verses 23 and 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You see, David wants God to search his heart. He wants God to know him intimately because he wants his heart cleaned, every corner of it, so that he may be led to everlasting life and stand in the presence of God. Why? Because only those who are clean may enter into the presence of God. And so, on December 29, 1974, a wonderful day, Lauren was made clean, and the waters of baptism were poured over him, and he was united with Christ, with his Lord. Listen to Paul in Romans chapter 6, as he talks about what this is to be baptized into Christ. Or don't you know, Paul says, that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Lauren has been cleaned inside and out of his sin. He stands in the presence of his Lord because the Lord is making good on the promise that he gave to Lauren on December the 29th, 1974. That there was and there is nothing that would ever separate him from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Not a single thing. Neither height nor depth, nor any powers of any kind, neither death nor life, can separate Lauren from a love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And now, today and forever, he is living the way of everlasting life. Because his Lord has searched him. Because his Lord knows him. Because his Lord has made Lauren whiter than snow by the blood of the lamb that he was washed in. And if he were here today, in our presence, I can assure you that he would want all of you, especially his family, to know this, that God keeps his promises. That he is standing before God today, not because of what he has done, but because of what Jesus did for him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. We sing our final hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, number 770. Please rise for prayer. Almighty God, you have knit your chosen people together in one communion, in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Give to your whole church in heaven and on earth your light and your peace. Grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life, and that through the gate of death and the grave we may pass with him to our joyful resurrection. Grant to your faithful people pardon and peace that we may be cleansed from all of our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Grant to all who mourn a sure confidence in your loving care that casting all their sorrow on you they may know the consolation of your love. Help us, we pray, in the midst of things we cannot understand, to believe in and find comfort in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Out of all grace, you sent your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to bring life and immortality to light. We give you thanks that by his death he destroyed the power of death, and by his resurrection opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Strengthen us in the confidence that because he lives, we shall live also, and that neither death nor life, nor things present nor things to come will be able to separate us from from your love, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. This will conclude this portion of the funeral service, which now continues at the graveside.